This is Ballot Vox, the pointer's look at the issues on the ballot in Peel, in Niagara, at Queen's Park, and in Ottawa. Now, your host, Joel Whitnable. Budget season at the municipal level, if you listen to the staff inside of City Hall, is a time when a year's worth of work or more comes to fruition. Preparation and planning, strategizing and scheduling all coagulate together in a financial blueprint that is meant to guide the city's spending for the year to come. The largest source of that spending is you, listener, residents of Brampton, Mississauga, or whichever municipality you call home, your tax dollars are what really form the foundation of these financial documents. So one would think with all of this effort that's put into managing your tax dollars that these documents would be pristine, professional, detailed, and transparent, easy for the residents to understand how the money that is flowing from their bank accounts and wallets to City Hall is being spent. Unfortunately, that is often far from the case, especially in Brampton. Today, to help us break down the budget document, which was released earlier this month, and to discuss the ongoing budget deliberations that are going on right now inside City Hall, we have the Pointers Brampton reporter, Jessica Durling. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us this morning. It's great to be here, Joel. Jessica, to start, you know, we've seen in recent years a real what I would describe as a degradation in quality when it comes to the budget document for the city of Brampton. The long-term capital plan is gone. Repeated tax freezes parroted and and pushed by Mayor Patrick Brown put a number of critical projects at risk, whether that's transit service, fire halls being delayed, community centers which need upgrades, or community centers for new burgeoning areas of the city are not being built. Jessica, can you give us the Coles Notes version of what the budget for 2023 shows? Well, the biggest project that's going on is the electrification of the transit facility, uh, both the new one that's projected for 2026, as well as the Sandalwood facility. But the big catch on that, you have to note, is that the grants that are written into the budget haven't actually uh, been approved yet. So this is still uh, pie-in-the-sky goals to make. Yeah, and this is sort of the the big, big budget question mark for the city of Brampton. And very quickly, before we dive into that, you know, I'll let residents know for 2023, the city is proposing just over a 2% budget increase, which for the average tax bill will be about $177 more for the residents of Brampton. And Jessica, with those projects that you just mentioned, more than half of the city's capital plan. So the the capital plan is the spending, obviously, for all of the new projects and physical things the city needs to operate, whether that is, like Jessica mentioned, transit facilities or buses or community centers or fire stations or road projects. All of these things fall in the capital plan. More than half of the capital plan, $210 million of it, is not in the city's accounts. It's being listed in the budget as federal and provincial grants, which is responsible if the city had those grants approved. But that just isn't the case. Jessica, can you tell, you've reported this out. We, we published our story yesterday. Can you tell the listeners about the reporting that you did, the questions you sent, that you tried to figure out how this ended up in the budget? Because essentially what we have is somebody, a homeowner, 
saying, I'm going to build my roof this year, but I'm going to do that with a lottery winning that I'm going to get in June. It's like they're banking on money that they're not guaranteed to get. Can you talk about how you tried to figure out why this was in the budget and, and what the city and other officials and, and the mayor was, were telling us? I was sending emails everywhere to the province, to the federal government, to the city. I was talking to contacts on the municipal level, trying to figure out because there's no way, in my opinion, that the city would list uh, such a large portion of their capital budget as grants that they haven't received yet. It gives a completely dishonest picture of the city's plans for the year ahead. I, you know, asked Brown about it at the business uh, roundtable that happened uh, virtually, and his response was, quote, there is an announcement pending, so Nash may have let that out of the bag a little bit, but there is good news coming on the transit front, so stay tuned for that announcement we're very excited for. I initially interpreted that as, oh, it's been confirmed, but hasn't been announced elsewhere, which um, really shocked me when the budget deliberations yesterday, when it was brought up as unfunded uh, facility electrification projects, and I couldn't believe that they, they would actually put this in the budget as if they actually had received the grants. It seems like this is just more of the same for the city of Brampton's budget process. In years past, we've seen heavy criticisms of the financial document. Last year, the Board of Trade spoke out against the city's budget because of such a it was such a mess and they were unable to really determine where money was being spent. They were losing confidence in the city. And now, Jessica, we have if I'm interpreting this correctly, a situation where the city is saying one thing where, you know, they, they're hinting that they're going to get this money, that they've had conversations with the federal government in the province, and that they're going to each pony up their share of the projects, which in this case is half of the $210 million would come from the federal government and the other half would come from the province. But then when we go to the province and the federal government, which the pointer did, the federal government doesn't confirm that those grants have been approved. The province says that they're aware that the city has or will be submitting applications for those projects. And submitting an application and having an approved application are two vastly different things. To misconstrue that to the public, which is when you put it in the budget document, you put it in the capital plan, $210 million for these two projects, what you're telling the public is that those are approved, those are ready to go, which is blatantly false in this case. It may come out in a few months that they do get these projects approved because like our story pointed out, Jessica, that these two projects, the third transit maintenance facility to make it an electric facility to handle and maintain electric buses, that $150 million appears to be eligible for the grants that the city says that they're applying for. And the same goes for $60 million to retrofit the Sandalwood maintenance facility to be able to handle electric buses. Also appears to be eligible for this funding. So it may come out in you know a few months that the city does get some of this money or a portion of this money. But Jessica, in your thoughts, do you have any idea of whether if they don't get all of that money, do they have other options or do you think the city has the ability to be able to fund these projects on their own? Well, the proposed capital budget as it stands is uh, $492 million, and we're talking about $210 million coming from grants. That's a significant portion of it. 
And from the presentation yesterday to council, it very much gave the impression that if these projects aren't funding, it won't go ahead this year, which is a major letdown for the community. Jessica, did you get any sense of councillors during yesterday's meeting, which I which was the first day of budget deliberations? Did you get any sense that they did they question the inclusion of this money in the budget? Did they appear concerned that they're, you know, displaying this to the public as like almost approved projects? But then really, it's kind of not really the case. Personally, I was distracted uh, by this uh, presentation that caught me off guard when it said blatantly unfunded facility electrification projects. But no, I uh, didn't hear that from uh, council, but there was a lot of good questions throughout the budget deliberation process. One project that I'm personally excited for in the budget that's a little more positive is They're purchasing their first 10 battery electric buses for the one-year pilot program, where they'll be trying out uh, electric buses uh, in Brampton. Unfortunately, though, with Transit's 18-year lifespan, even if it is a complete success, we won't be able to see Brampton Transit be fully electrified until at least 2041. Yeah, and that is quite the, the time frame especially if the city is looking to achieve its climate goals in terms of reducing its, its carbon footprint. Obviously, transit is the one of the big drivers of the city's carbon emissions and in transitioning to electric buses is critical. And I think that no one's arguing that these two projects that the city is trying to get off the ground are, are much needed. But unfortunately, to show them to the public as approved projects when clearly that's not the case or to have a budget document that says that and then have a presentation that says the opposite. You know, all of the I talked about a lack of transparency at the top of this podcast, and that's just sort of the definition of that. How are residents supposed to understand how these projects are moving forward, how they're being approved when one document says one thing and then staff are saying another? And unfortunately, this confusion especially around this project in particular, it dates back to 2019. Brampton Transit has been saying for years that they need another maintenance facility, that the the amount of buses that they have are currently filling their facilities to capacity and to expand service hours to get more transit, which is desperately needed. Anybody who takes transit in Brampton knows how overwhelmed some of the major routes are and new buses and more services desperately needed. But to do that, We need these new facilities like the third maintenance facility that was supposed to be built and done in 2021. If you looked at or consider the city's 2015 master plan, which obviously hasn't been done when Mayor Patrick Brown was elected in 2018, this whole thing got shifted and pushed down the line. Part of the reason was they wanted to build it to be an electric facility, which was a great idea. But unfortunately, now we're in a situation where that project clearly has not been prioritized and we're at this stage in the game where we're still waiting for any sort of word on funding and construction dates and everything like that. I just wonder, Jessica, when we see this happen, projects just being kicked down the line, kicked down the line, kicked down the line, which if you look at the budgets from 2018 after Brown's election, when the tax freezes began for three years, projects just snowballed in terms of the ones that were supposed to be built 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. They just were pushed down the line, major projects, including, you know, things like the Center for Innovation, which is a still big question mark for the city, major downtown refurbishments, fire halls, as I've said many times, which I think is a big crucial piece 
We've seen what happened in Mississauga when they didn't invest adequately in their fire halls and infrastructure, and they're playing serious catch up right now. Clearly, Brampton isn't paying attention to that and hasn't learned their lesson. But Jessica, what do you see as sort of the end result of this? We see these projects being delayed. We see infrastructure that's desperately needed to support a growing city not being prioritized. What does this mean for Brampton's future? Well, if anyone watched the uh, budget deliberations, they would have heard from staff, there is nowhere to put additional buses. They've been at that filled line for years. The project to build the third transit facility does keep getting pushed back. Currently, it's anticipated for late 2026. First, it was supposed to be 2021. Then it was supposed to be 2024. But the city's transit suffering. And as the city's growing substantially over the years, the transit needs to also grow to keep up for it. And currently, the infrastructure is unable to grow because there isn't that place to put the buses. So it's sort of a rock and a hard place the city's in until that build goes through. And it's a lot of that way with infrastructure projects in the city with a growing population such as Brampton. You need to put the investment in infrastructure to keep up with the demand. Jessica, could you get any sense from counselors, you know, whether that's listening to them during budget deliberations or just during council meetings, that they are thinking about really thinking about the city's future and about the spending that is needed to support the city as it grows? There have been some good questions throughout the deliberation. Uh, Some of it was particularly on parks and where they're investing the money, such as making sure the research is done to uh, find out that the parks and recreation systems actually uh, the money is going towards things the resident will use. Patrick Brown, for example, made the comment that thankfully his favorite sport of hockey is always available, something I'm sure we are well aware of. But it's a big city and there's a lot of aspects to the infrastructure that I definitely feel there needs to be more attention. And I think uh, the budget shows that. Yeah. Just to close, Jessica, I know you have to run as of this recording. Budget deliberations for day two begin in about 10 minutes. Looking at the budget document for 2023, and for residents who haven't had a chance to look at it, I know it's it's difficult. It's hundreds of pages long. It's a lot of numbers, and it is very difficult, as we've said, because of the lack of transparency in this document. It's very hard to understand. More to the point of what this budget stands for than what it actually says. When you look at something like this city's 2023 budget, a municipality's budget is supposed to be this guiding force. It is the culmination of, like I said at the start, years of work. And for elected councillors whose job, really job one when you're elected, is to manage and steward the tax dollars of those who elected you. Well, that all comes together in this budget document. It's where the plan is laid out of how they're going to use your money, residents' money. And to have it be The farce that it is this year or in past years says a lot about the people who are running the city or the decisions and the priorities of elected councillors and the mayor. If these councillors really, truly believed and really wanted to affect change in the city of Brampton, this document and its plan is not the way to do it. It lacks a complete backbone in terms of the spending 
and the investment that is needed. It's relying on a hope and a prayer from upper levels of government, which in years past, in budgets past, have completely ignored Brampton. I don't think that any of the elected officials around the city hall table will say Brampton has gotten its fair share. In fact, I'm sure that if asked that question, many of them would say the opposite. Brampton is still waiting for its fair share. So I don't know what it is that these councillors or whoever put this budget document together, how they suddenly believe that they're going to be able to get this $210 million to support these two absolutely crucial projects, which should have been funded years ago. But unfortunately, because the financial plan really, really supported and championed by the current mayor, Patrick Brown, there hasn't be there isn't any money available. If they don't get these grants, because they've frozen taxes for so many years, there's no money. Because you can't have a growing city but not grow the budget. It's impossible to do the two. They can't, they do are not compatible together. And to try and claim that they are is just blatantly misleading. And so I think that when residents pay attention or look at the budget deliberations that are ongoing, what I think you need to look for is those counselors who are seriously questioning the spending that is happening and are seriously questioning why they are using such unreliable funding mechanisms to really support the bulk of the spending for 2023. Because if you take those two projects out, the capital plan is a ghost of what it really should be for 2023. And that means that there are critical pieces of infrastructure that are not being built. Brampton was supposed to get a new fire hall this year. That's been pushed off. The planning and construction for a second fire hall was supposed to also begin this year. That's been delayed two years. And that's just one example. There are many, many more when you start to compare what initially was scheduled for 2023 and what is now the reality for this year because of the poor financial management and the populist decisions to continue to freeze taxes that happened for so many years. And the sad irony is that this year may be the year that Bramptonians need a tax freeze more than ever. With everything that everyone's going through with the rising inflation, the rising cost of living, now would be a great year for Brampton and Mayor Patrick Brown to deliver a tax freeze. Unfortunately, they can't do it. They can't. Because if they do, they're only going to continue to push this city further and further away from where it needs to be. When you consider all of that, it really shows you that there has been a real dereliction of duty from these people who were elected to represent Brampton and make decisions to better this city and put it in the direction that it needs to go. And I think I will leave it there. The budget deliberations continue today where... You know, we may see some final changes that are made to the financial blueprint. And who knows, maybe councillors will pull more from the budget and Brantonians will get a tax freeze. And while that will offer a small bit of relief for this year, I, I don't want to see what it means for Brampton's future. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Jessica Durling, the Pointers Brampton reporter, for joining us. I look forward to continuing to read your budget coverage as it unfolds this week. We hope you'll join us next week on Ballot Box. Ballot 
Box was hosted by Joel Whitnable, produced by yours truly. Join us next week for the Pointer's ongoing coverage of the issues on the ballot. I'm Jeff Chalmers. Thank you for listening. See you next time.